Welcome to the Equipping You podcast, where our mission is to equip Alliance pastors and leaders to live spiritually healthy lives and lead healthy churches. Equipping You is a ministry of the Christian and Missionary Alliance. For more information on this podcast and other ministries of the Alliance, visit equippingyou.org. Hey, 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 welcome back to Equipping You podcast. This is season four, episode seven. And so we're coming to you today from Colorado Springs, Colorado, at least Caitlin and me. And uh, Colorado, Colorado Springs is the home of the North Pole. How can that be? Oh. Uh, the North Pole is a children's amusement park at the base uh, or entry to Pikes Peak. And so uh, that's appropriate for today's uh, episode because we're going to talk about children and children's ministry. I'm Terry, church ministries leader for the Alliance. And I'm Alan, the Eastern PA Alliance uh, District uh, director of multiplication, and I'm going to say that I'm so impressed with that piece of tidbit and that the uh, Colorado Springs Visitors Bureau should hire you out for your <laughs> mobility. I am available. I am not cheap, but I am available. <laughs> and Caitlin Guyberson is with us. She is either the laugh track or the silent listener to every conversation, one or the other. Soaking it up, taking it all in, all the wisdom, all the knowledge. We say thank you, Caitlin. You keep us running well, sounding good. We really appreciate all you do for equipping you podcast. So today we're going to introduce you to a new member of the uh, Alliance National Office staff, Leah Broach. Uh, Leah is our fairly new director of uh, children's ministry and uh, formerly the Children's Ministry Director at Westgate Chapel, one of our Alliance churches in uh, Toledo, Ohio. So, uh, Alan, how important is children's ministry in the local church? It is extremely important, Terry. I'm glad you asked that question. And I think Leah is, is going to do a good job helping us to grasp some passion for that. But, you know, this is the place where if they're already in the church, they're going to lay a foundation that will likely stick with them the rest of their lives. And even if perhaps they may wander away, in their minds and hearts, the Word of God's going to be planted, and it could be the thing that brings them back. And if they aren't in the church when they're born, uh, then children's ministry is a great chance early on to help them to discover that God loves them, that He made them and he wants them to be part of his family. Uh, and that's a beautiful thing. So I, it's a vital, vital, did I say vital ministry? Yes. I have great memories of children's ministry growing up in church and so thankful for the men and women who uh, took their time, volunteered, and invested in the lives of kids in the churches I grew up in, including investing in my life. So thankful for them. And uh, thankful for those of you out listening across the Alliance and across the U.S. and around the world who are doing that kind of work, investing in kids. So without further ado, grab yourself a Culver's Diet Root Beer, one of my favorites. I I, uh, try to always stay on the diet side and can't drink caffeine. So uh, Culver's is a hamburger place, just in case you don't have one of those near you. Grab a Culver's Diet Root Beer and sit back, relax. Here we go. 
Hey, Equipping You friends, it's Caitlin here, and I want to tell you about something super special that we have launched here at Equipping You that's just for you, and we think you're really going to love it. If you're an avid Equipping You listener, an Equipping You live attender, or both, you need to join our Facebook group called Equipping You Community. We love that on the podcast and at Equipping You Live, we get to empower you in your ministries. But we believe that for you to really see the true transformation of your leadership that you want, applying what you learn in community is key. So pause this episode right now and head over to facebook.com slash groups slash equipping you community. Or you can go to equippingyou.com and scroll all the way to the bottom and click on equipping you community. We can't wait to see you there. So we're very pleased to welcome Leah Broach to Equipping You Podcast. Leah, thanks for taking time today to uh, chat with us. We really appreciate it. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Not a problem. So uh, great to have you on the uh, Church Ministries uh, staff. And I know a little bit about your ministry journey, but our listeners wouldn't. So uh, tell us a little bit about your... Yeah, Alan doesn't. So uh, we're always trying to enlighten Alan. That's part of the uh, purpose of this podcast. (laughs) So uh, tell us a little bit about your ministry journey and uh, how you ended up in your current role with the Alliance. Sure. Well, um, I always think it's neat when I think back, even in my childhood, I kind of drew these conclusions not long ago, actually, but my parents were house parents in a children's home when I was born, in a Christian children's home. So um, I came into the world in the middle of children's ministry. That's how I, was, how I started in life. But um, I grew up in a great family that was really plugged into ministry, had a my grandfather was pastor. My parents were full-time in ministry. Um, and as a young adult, I felt very committed to international work, international ministry. And so I pursued that through college. And it seemed like no matter where I went, I was always instinctively doing something with kids. It just became a natural part of what I would do. Whether I was in Russia or Tennessee, I was always with kids. Um, but I had this goal, this plan that we were going to go overseas as international uh, workers. And my husband and I, we were married and we were pressing into that. And um, shortly after we got married, he became ill and uh, it sort of stopped those plans. And in that season, I was asked to work in sort of a liaison role as a teacher with uh, the Private Christian School Association in South Carolina. And I spent 12 years teaching and education and uh, partnering churches with the communities and with kids and, and Bible instruction, that type of thing. And out of that, I got a call to come serve full time in Ohio at an Alliance church uh, in children's ministry. And so the Lord really opened that door and our family went to Toledo and served there. And I started getting plugged in. I was speaking a lot for the next conferences and different things that the Alliance did. And next thing I know, I was asked to consider this role here at the national office. So that's sort of my story in a nutshell. We're glad you did consider it. And we're glad the Lord led you to uh, be the one that was chosen and to uh, accept the call. So grateful. Yeah, and though I did not know your personal story before today, I have only heard good things about you and your ministry, so I'm looking forward to seeing children's ministry under your leadership and the Alliance. So, thanks. What makes your role, and this 
I want to hear it from your heart. What makes your role so significant for the Alliance? Well, I think most people would agree that a thriving local church contains a thriving children's ministry. Um, and I serve on the church ministry team and our the things that we work towards are church advance and church multiplication. And I can't imagine a healthy church going in either of those directions without healthy, spiritually growing kids. And uh, I think it's important that that's a priority of this team. So my role here is to be a resource and a champion for churches serving their children and their families. And I just want to see them grow and multiply and uh, be a, a source of encouragement. And I think it's it's great that the Alliance sees that as key and important to our local churches. Absolutely. It, it makes a world of difference when a church is thinking beyond, you know, the adults for church are thinking beyond their generation. I can't, that's certainly the first step downhill is when you think unigenerationally, if that's a phrase. Absolutely. Yeah, it is now a phrase. So in uh, the world of missions, Leah, we talk about the 1040 window, but in children's ministry, people talk about the 414 window. Can you enlighten our listeners about what the 414 uh, window is and why that matters so much? Well, the 414 window is basically, um, we're talking about the years of ages, children from the ages of 4 to 14, they're most likely to accept Christ during those years. So it's a season of development, faith development, faith development that's critical uh, for for kids and for future believers. Um, And it also leads to sustained faith throughout an adult's life. People who choose Christianity early have a tendency to stick with it more long-term. But personally, I would argue that this window begins at birth. um, And that's why having a critical children's ministry that accepts even babies is so important because when a baby comes into the world surrounded by a godly family that includes their local church, it changes their entire framework for their view of God because kids are the ones that that's the years that you are creating and understanding and believing what you will believe pretty much for the rest of your life without, uh, well, with and without the work of God, about how you see and view God. So those years are really critical in faith development. Yeah, that's a beautiful thing. You know, I, I remember uh, Terry talking about in his early days of Emmanuel, how important it was for them to have a church nursery even before they had babies, because it needs to be a place where kids can thrive and uh, and help. And, and they help give life to the church, too. You know, oh, in their simple faith in Jesus, you know, those three-year-olds sing around their hearts about Jesus is a beautiful thing that inspires older believers. In the so, decline at Emmanuel, we ended up with almost no kids. And then the place was bustling with kids after, after a couple of years. Nursery was full. And one of our elders made the comment. He said, I never want to be a part of a church again where there aren't kids running and yelling in the hallway. Praise the Lord for that. (laughs) Yeah, that's that's life in the church, and I I love that. That is beautiful. So tell us, what breaks your heart about kids growing up today? There are a lot of things, but I think the number one thing that sticks out to me, especially even in the church, is that family units today are incredibly fragmented. Kids often struggle to find concrete structures in their lives outside of their school. Um, Maybe it's because they're in a blended family or 
a, a lot of children are being raised by their grandparents. And then you've also got these kids that are heavily involved in traveling sports. Um, but for whatever reason, children just are not plugged in regularly to many things in society except for school and sports. And now it seems that to consider a child a regular attender of a children's ministry program, all they have to do is show up once a month. And that's heartbreaking to me. So for many of our kids, this one time in church a month is their only dedicated time for discipleship. And so solid structures like church and family that existed even in my generation are fading for most kids today. Uh, but it compels me to work toward capturing every moment that our leaders are given with children so that we can make the most of the time that we have with them, especially when they're in our church and in our ministries. I appreciate your, your tender heart for that. Yeah. So Leah, you know, your heart is for kids ministry. My heart is for kids ministry. What, what do you think keeps churches from prioritizing kids ministry? You know, sometimes I'm not real sure because when we stop and we think about it, it seems like an easy thing to make priority. But I've come to the realization that it's usually two key things. And one is perhaps the church leadership just doesn't understand the gravity of not prioritizing it. Um, if a leader is not directly impacted by the presence or the absence of a quality children's program, it just gets lost in a long list of church priorities. Um, but the other thing I think happens a lot is that people just don't know what to do. And so when they don't know what to do, they just don't do anything. Mm. Or it is so low key on the list of priorities that it really suffers. So I find either it's a lack of understanding of the importance of it or just a general, I, we don't know what to do or how to do it. Yeah, I think sometimes in my observation, uh, sadly, that you know, when a pastor is young and he has kids that are young, it's easy for him to be observant of the necessity for kids ministry. But when his kids, when he gets older and his kids outgrow it, then it's just not as obvious to him. Right. And so really it's like just not seeing, you know, in the proverbial sense, it says, pay attention to the condition of your flocks. And somehow he loses attention on the condition of that portion of the flock because his own kids aren't in that portion anymore. And it, it takes an extra effort to be somebody like Terry, whose kids were already grown when they went to Emmanuel, not grown like gone. They were still living with him, but they were not in that 414 window anymore sure. right. uh, to, uh, to pay that attention to that and realize that it really matters for all the generations. So I appreciate you sharing that. Um, so what should matter most for churches as they seek to develop ministry, and we'll call it for your sake in the zero to 14. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, well, I really just believe and champion in a really simple strategy. A lot of times people get distracted or they get overwhelmed by this big complicated program that they want to implement, or they think they've got to do something flashy or plan big events or get super creative and have big giant teams. Um, and none of those things are bad in and of themselves. But at the end of the day, the priority of children's ministry is simply to help children know and love God and to help them develop a love for others. They need to understand the Bible. And uh, this has become a driving passion of mine. If all your children's ministry is doing is helping kids understand 
in the Bible, then that it will flourish in and of itself uh, because that's what God calls us to, to know him and to make him known. And a lot of times when you get into children's ministry in these programmatic elements and curriculums and all this stuff, each, each entity has its own thing that they want you to stress or to do or, or to achieve with kids. But I really just think kids need to know the God of the Bible and they need to know the Bible. I always say, see if your kids can tell you the big story of God's word. And if they can, then you're doing something right. If they can't, start there. Good work. I appreciate that because sometimes we can give kids all these little principles about how to choose good friends or not, not lie, but yeah. they never they don't get the big story of God's creation and redeeming the world through Jesus. I really Absolutely. appreciate you drawing attention to that. Well, one of the weaknesses of so many children's ministry products is their moralistic base. Mm-hmm. And like I said, moral, I mean, that's not bad. We want kids to know good morals or values or virtues, but that's not discipleship. <laughs> discipleship yeah. is teaching kids about who God is. And what You're preaching is. now. Absolutely. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> no, please do. No, we're just saying amen. <laughs> so if you could have pastors understand one thing about kids ministry, Leah, what would it be? I feel the weight of children's ministry leaders all around the world right now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Give the right answer. Yeah. Uh, I think for me, it's it's this simple understanding that this is hard, holy, true ministry work. A lot of times people equate children's ministry basically with glorified babysitting. Mm. Um, and if that is the mindset of you as a pastor, then you're, you're going the wrong direction. And if you have quality children's ministry leaders, they are growing disciples in your church. No other ministry in the church spans so many developmental stages. In children's, children's ministry, you get them before they can even talk all the way up to they're almost into ready, you know, junior high age. So a lot changes in the life of a person in those 12, 13 years. No other ministry in your church will go deeper with the families in your church than children's ministry. Um, it's a moving and shaking ministry. And if your church is very big at all, your children's ministry can almost be like a church within a church. And so it's just really key that leaders, pastors understand that it is an actual ministry. It's not a glorified babysitting service that keeps your sanctuary quiet while you're uh, sharing your <laughs> your message. Yeah, um, for sure. And I think the other thing too, I know I said only one thing, but I'm going to add another one in. We'll allow that. Thank you. Um, <laughs> it, takes, it takes um, unique people to be able to do this job because one, they have to be relevant and um, engaging with kids to to do their work well, but they also have to be a leader ready to train adults because the kids in this ministry can't lead themselves. So when you've got quality people leading your children's ministry, it's a force within your church that can really uh, do some amazing things for, for the kingdom of God. Wow, that's good stuff. So earlier you hit about the simplicity of it, really, which could bring some some hope to a church that has a weak or non-existent kids ministry. So if it's simple, can be simple, where, where can a church like that start uh, in reaching and discipling kids if they don't have much right now? I always say start simple and ask 
the big why and what questions. And it's usually just a couple of questions. Why are you doing this ministry? And what do you hope a child gains from their years? Uh, if your leaders or if your pastor can sit down and say, what is it that I want? A kid? If, if a child enters my church at birth and stays all the way to age 12 or 13, what is it that I want them to be able to know or do by the time they've graduated out of children's ministry? And the answer to that will craft your program. Because if you want to make disciples, then that prioritizes what you're doing in children's ministry. That means you don't have to worry so much about giant events. You don't have to do all these fancy, flashy things. You just need to work on teaching them God's word. Uh, So start simple. Now, to have a flourishing, thriving ministry, of course, you're going to want to do things from time to time that really builds a sense of community for kids and families. But still, I always say it's it's simple. It's the simple stuff. Don't get caught up in trying to be something flashy or attractive. Be simple and be safe. That's the other key thing. Make safety a priority. And if your children's mm-hmm. ministry budget is small or non-existent, um, don't put your money in a curriculum. You've already got it. It's called the Bible. Put your money into safe practices, making sure your volunteers are background checked, that you're thorough in your policies so that these kids walk into your church and you know that they're as safe as you can possibly um, make them be. Because when families feel that love and safety, then they're going to plug into that church. Mm. So simple, solid Bible teaching. Very practical and true, Leah. So how can a church partner with parents, it's not all on the church, churches and parents partner together. How can the church partner with parents in the church to assist them with the discipleship of their kids? Well, (laughs) this is the golden question that everyone asks all of, you know, we're all about how do we get our parents to to do their job, the role that they're called to do. And uh, it's not easy. Some people are ready and willing and some people aren't. Some parents are just consumers at the church. But I always say, that parents should have a role even in children's ministry. Um, It's their children. They should be engaged. They should know what's happening. Now, does that mean that a young mom needs to volunteer absolutely every Sunday? No, that's not necessarily what that means. If she wants to, great, bring her in. Uh, But for me, when I was serving full-time in these roles, I designed my programs around inviting parents to be a part of it because I find that when they step foot into that room or into that moment and they see other kids and they see what we're talking about and it just, it lights things up for them and helps them to realize, man, these kids have deep questions and uh, they want to know hard things and kids can do and know and love so much deeper than sometimes we give them credit for. So find a place to give parents a role in the ministry. Um, And then second I think it's really important for your children's ministry leaders to be available to parents. If they're so uh, engaged with kids that there's a disconnect with the parents, then um, it just, I don't know, it adds a layer of complication. So if a parent feels like they're connected to your children's ministry leader, then they're more inclined to ask questions like, I don't really know how to explain this to my kid in the Bible or, or how should I talk to my child about baptism, those kinds of things. So if you've got good rapport with families, that's um, key. And then 
the, the third thing that I would suggest is to build yourself a small resource list or a library of, of tools that you can have ready. Being aware of what the current big cultural questions for parents are um, and finding ways to give them biblical answers is huge because if they don't know how to look for it or to find or what God has to say about this, chances are they're going to come to you. And if you've got something ready uh, to say to them, it just goes a long way to help spur them on in their role as their primary disciples. I tell parents all the time, my job is not to be the primary discipler of your child. That's your job. I'm here to support you. Mm. That's beautiful. And that's a great word to parents that are already in the church, but yet we've all been in that dilemma where you have kids that come to your church that whose families don't come to church and you, you want to build that bridge. You want to be able to partner with them. They might not even be believers themselves, but you just want those kids to grow with Jesus how can a church partner with parents outside the church for the sake of their kids' spiritual journey? There's lots of, of layers to that, but this is where relationship, I think, is key again. Um, and it's really wise, I think, of a church if they're prioritizing the children in their church to find ways to be visible in their community. That is outside of your Sunday services or your weekday services. Um, So for instance, if your local town has a festival or a gathering and, and you think there's something that you could do in that and, and be a presence at it, then do it or be, make yourself known at their schools. I know I have my own small children and schools are always looking for volunteers. I know this particular season's a little bit different, uh, but in a healthy non-pandemic world, but even even in this pandemic world, people schools are are struggling. They need they need good folks that are willing to be present. Even sometimes it's just as simple as reading to first graders. I did that for 2 years. Went in 30 minutes once a week and read a chapter book <laughs> to first graders. And it sounds basic and like how does that have anything to do with with church but what it is is it's a consistent presence and it's saying I love this community and I love your children and parents are very aware of the people that genuinely care for their kids and they want to put their kids in places where they're cared for and I had this philosophy that you know we had this event at my last church that became bigger and bigger every year. And it got to the point where I was like, I don't know if it's worth it. But when I realized that we became known in the community as a safe, sweet place for these kids that some parents had been to five and six years in a row, but had never actually come through the doors of our church. But one family had a tragedy and their first thought was, well, that church was good to us. And so they came. And uh, those are the the kind of bridges that you're trying to build. And that helps eventually lead to parent discipleship and relationships with Jesus. Amen. That's beautiful stuff. Uh, I'm sure you could fill us with all kinds of stories. um, Good, yeah. Seeing kids take faith risks in their minds, faith risk steps with Jesus. Uh, and families uh, see the value of reaching out, uh, of receiving uh, 
their partnership in the discipleship of their kids. I really appreciate your heart and what you share with us today. Thank you. Just following up on what you said previously, Leah, we had an Awana program where I pastored in Mechanicsburg, PA, and great program. And people would come who had no idea what the alliance was, but they knew what Awana was outside. So they thought, you know, the sign outside, so they thought they could trust us. But my job at Awana was to be the door greeter and, uh, you know, pound the rock and give high fives to kids and uh, greet them. And uh, yeah, uh, it was a blast. But what a great bunch of opportunities I had to minister to kids who brought, uh, minister to moms and dads, rather, who brought their kids to Awana, but they had no connection with church or Jesus. But um, great opportunities to um, minister to those whole families. So love what you're doing. Love your passion for it. Let me say to pastors and leaders who are out there listening, if you need help with your children's ministry, contact Leah. Broach, B-R-O-C-H-L. B-R-O-A-C-H. Sorry. <laughs> I, I, it was going right in my head, but it did not go right. Al, where did Al come from? Al is Leah. Broach, B-R-O-A-C-H-L at cmalliance.org. Contact her. Well, I'm sure glad I got into that. But if you need some help equipping and training your leaders, uh, just know how to get started. If your, your children's ministry doesn't exist, uh, Leah would be more than happy to uh, help you. We exist here in church ministries to help equip leaders in local churches. So uh, uh, don't don't be afraid to uh, reach out to Leah if you need help. Leah, thanks a bunch. Uh, yeah, thanks for your, It was nice to meet you today. Thank you for your, having me. Appreciate your passion, your creativity, your articula- articulateness, not a word, about uh, children's ministry. And uh, so thanks so much for being a part of, of this day with us. The B-I-B-L-E, yes, that's the book for me. I stand alone on the <laughs> Word of God, the B-I-B-L-E. Bible! Bible, well... <laughs> That was the emphasis of Leah. Let's train kids up to understand the Word of God and the big story of uh, God's Word. So, love that uh, about her emphasis and uh, trust that that's what our churches are doing. So, Alan, anything stick out in your mind uh, this afternoon? Well, yeah. This morning or this evening? The urgency. (laughs) It is this evening in Pennsylvania. (laughs) Uh, Yes, the urgency uh, of reaching kids. Uh, and the importance of a church not overlooking that and not, and not just taking it for granted that they're going to be there. And that if, it, if you don't have intentional outreach to them and intentional discipleship, you won't see kids around. And that's tremendously sad, not just for the sake of your church. Uh, it's tremendously sad because there are kids all around you who, as Leah said, are coming from a fragmented world where they don't have the stability of a relationship with God to help them through that. Maybe it's a broken family that they're reeling from or a difficult school situation or some other challenge, which are many in today's world. Uh, And the church can be a place where they can show the kids the stability of the love and goodness of God. It's never been truer. It's always been true, but it's never been truer. It's never too early 
to introduce kids to Jesus. The earlier, the better. If they can Amen. get their feet on the rock of Jesus, uh, life is going to be so much better and so much easier. Not without challenges at all, but uh, to have a friend in Jesus to walk through your preteen and teen years and on into your adult years, amazing. So we're grateful for Leah and grateful, as I said earlier, for all of the people across the Alliance who are doing uh, great work in children's ministry. So share this podcast with them. That would be a great thing uh, to yes. do. Children's ministry leaders in your church need to need to listen. They do. And uh, make sure to encourage them. So we'll be back with you again for the next uh, episode, which we're looking forward to and hope you are too. Until then, keep the faith. Thank you for joining us on this episode of the Equipping You podcast. If you liked this episode, please consider subscribing and rating our channel. We hope you will join us for our next episode. For more information on this podcast and other ministries of the Alliance, visit equippingyou.org.